0: Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am joined here today by the usual suspects, Chadens, Armen, and Tito, uh, but we also have a very, very special guest. Uh, joining us today is FFA executive committee member and head of all of Armenia's women's football department, Anna Tadevosyan. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you today?
1: Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting. I'm good. Thank you.
0: So we're just going to ask you some questions. Uh, it's not an interrogation. (laughs) We just want to know more (laughs) about you and want to know more about, uh, army and football, uh, because, you know, of course, we all have that mutual interest in wanting it to just flourish. And I think we've been seeing a lot of that lately. So we kind of want to pick your brain a little bit and figure out what's going on behind the scenes. Um, so yeah. Uh, so let's start with the basics so that the audience can get to know you. Um, What's your current position at the Football Federation and what is it exactly that you do?
1: <laughs> I'm, uh, now I'm the member of the executive committee. Uh, I was elected uh, two years ago in 2019 in December when the new president was elected alongside with him. Before that, I was um, in 2018, I was uh, appointed as the head of the Women's Football Unit. So now in executive committee I am uh, basically overseeing the UMA football with the head of uh, UMA football unit Lilith Muradjan. We together uh, basically creating programs and developing UMA football in Armenia. Before that, um, a little about me, I worked in um, Shirak Football Club as a press officer. So I was with Shirak since 2011. So I worked for seven years with the club, and I'm from Gyuri. So I lived there till uh, 1999. So this club is like uh, was in my childhood all the time, and this club is like my second family. So I worked there for a long time, but um, I've never played football, so I was watching football with my dad all the time. I played basketball, but never football, but now I'm like true football fan i don't know anything like professionally so i i don't know tactics techniques all the stuff but i love football i watch it all the time and now i am basically managing football so i know uh everything around football and as you said behind the scenes so <laughs> this is this, uh, very little about me but i'm not my my profession um is totally different i am a uh, russian language specialist so <laughs> this is nothing nothing to do with football. but sports has been in my life since i was 10 years old playing basketball so this is where sports took me from 10 years to the member of executive committee in the federation so this is why i'm, I'm also doing them i'm a delegate for uh, premier league men's uh, matches here in armenia so and soon I will be the venue director in UEFA matches from the group stage, Champions League, uh, Conference League, Women's Champions League, and Europa League. So,
0: wow! So you you wear a lot of hats. You do a lot of different things. <laughs> That's a big wow. Yeah how how do how do you do all this stuff? Where do you find the time?
1: You know you know when um, when the job is is a hobby when you love it so you you can find the time. Like I guess it's not the problem because you do what you love. So that's the main thing.
0: That's good.
2: gotta agree there.
0: Yeah, that's good. I, I totally agree. I think for uh, wrapping this maybe back to us, we do this because it's a hobby, because we love to do it. And I can tell you, this has nothing to do with what we do as a job.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um. So next question, Chanins, you got something, right?
2: Yeah, uh, we wanted to ask, after uh, Shirak, uh you went to work for the FFA straight away. How did this happen? Like, how did they contact you and how did the whole process uh, take place for you to get to national scale?
1: Yeah, that was um, very interesting. So, I uh, started um, helping in human football in team in 2015. And then that year, I met the Peace Corps volunteers that were trying to create, you know, teams in uh, very far villages, like village, a village like Teh in Sunik region. So I met them, uh, we talked, and I started to help them in terms of forming the teams, how, you know, the league will work and all the stuff. And in 2016, we opened um, NGO, uh, Girls of Armenian Leadership Soccer Goals. Uh, together so I was at that time president of the NGO and so for two years till 2018 I was in football we created leagues in eight regions of Armenia at that time with the previous management you know people are different they did not see any development in football so the federation was not very excited to do stuff for the development and goals were there to help the girls to play find the girls, to create, uh, you know, uh, safe spaces for them, to create opportunities for them to play in leagues. So we created this. And in 2018, when the changes came to the federation and new leadership came, and they wanted to separate Umo football, so they contacted me. And I was, um, you will not believe, but I was in Yangon in Myanmar. So the current general secretary contacted me. Yeah, and he said, you know, we we want you to be a um, head of women football because we think women football, we think about you. So I was invited. I came, and um, it was really good because uh, the leadership is really very helpful, and the president, vice president, general secretary, and I think uh, we will never get where we are now without their help because it's uh, you know essential when the leadership believes what you do and um, they don't separate women and men football because there's no difference, really. I mean, that's not uh, nothing. thing. So um, that was how I entered to the uh, football federation. And then after a year uh, of working there as the head of women football unit, I was elected as a member of executive committee. So that's the story.
2: Well, that's brilliant. It's a nice uh, journey in a way. Like it's a very long journey.
3: Yeah.
1: Very long, yeah. Very long, yes.
3: Okay, so moving on to to Armenian national team. Um, we've seen an exponential improvement in women national team and women's football in general in Armenia. So, um, what can you tell us about the current situation of it, and perhaps? the overall plans for the future.
1: Yeah. Um, so women's football in Armenia, it's a long, long story like mine. <laughs> they started in uh, 1987, first team, and then they went through all, you know, the um, uh, collapse of Soviet Union and everything, but they kept the teams. And the national team as for Armenia was created in 2003. And they started to participate in different, you know, qualifiers, Euro, World Cup. And um, the national team was stopped. Last game they played, it was official game. They played, it was in 2011. And then um, they stopped the national team. So when, when I came um, alongside with the development projects that we have for the little girls, my main idea was to create, um, to recreate, renew the national team. Because without girls knowing where they will go when they grow up uh, you cannot build a program because you need to to show them the clear pathway where they can go so um, then in 2020 we decided to open the national team but with totally new vision because uh, we invited uh, the Aspory Armenians uh, the girls who play mostly in LA because I travel uh, very often to LA so I had contacts, and I could find Nancy, for example, Rita was there, Uh, again, Tevin, Naivey, a couple of girls from L.A. So I met them, I met the parents, and we decided to invite them. It was in 2019, in April, I was in U.S., so I met all of them. And uh, the main thing that uh, what happened uh, in March 2019, I was um, in a seminar for UEFA, It was seminars for women's football, so I was there. And I was in Frankfurt, where Maral is living. So I went, and I met Maral, and I met the parents, and I explained them that this is totally a new federation. We're just creating the national team, and you should come. So she came. And this is how we decided that we need to do a mixed team. We have very good players in Armenia, but we need, uh, you know, for creating a strong team, we need more. So now uh, we have, you know, six players from US, we have rest Armenians, we have Maral, we have, you know, our goalie is Ukrainian. She's not Armenian, but she accepted the M- Armenian citizenship. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we are very short in goalies. That's a big problem. <laughs> but now mm. we are very hopeful because we have very good goalies. So the national team was recreated and played, we played this first, um, um, friendly game with Lithuania last year, just before the pandemic, two days before lockdown, we played 10 games and was uh, you know what was interesting because the girls they just met it was like three days practice before the games and everybody was wow. saying, oh again okay they will lose big and nobody cared and all the stuff but everybody came everybody came to the game because it's new it's new nobody saw Americans playing. So they came. First game, we lost 1-0, but we played very well. And the second game, it was 1-1. And everybody started to believe that, yeah, there is future. It's not the immediate because nothing you can build the immediate. It it needs time. You need to be patient and you need to, uh, you know, build it very carefully because it's very important and very hard job. So and then um, because of pandemic, we stopped. And then we decided yeah. to do this tournament with FIFA FIFA, Give, FIFA Relief money for the COVID. And then we decided to do this hour game tournament, which was the, you know, break through everything because for a couple of weeks, everybody were talking only about, you know, this tournament. You know, they were interviewing the players. Everybody knew the players. They were stopping them on the streets. They recognized them in the restaurant. Was, this was never happened before. So the tournament helped a lot. And the, the fact that we did not lose a single game, was really good because we really have a good team. And then the World Cup qualifiers draw happened and we got very tough <laughs> group <laughs> because, you know, we, we are playing with very developed women football nations, which is um, Norway. Belgium and Poland, they play for 25 years, they know each other, they mostly from the same clubs, and, you know, Norway has players in Barcelona, they just got the Champions League, um, you know, they won the Champions League. So, I mean, it's tough, but we are on the way of creating something big, so we need to be patient, we are not afraid of any opponent, Uh, you know, we are preparing, we started already to prepare for first game which is September 16 against Norway in Oslo and uh, um, I'm very confident that this team um, with U17, U19 that we have in a um, couple of years will be very competitive team because we are on the right way. We are uh, you know, creating very good players and uh, as we see our U17 a couple of days ago um, we have very good players. So in 2023, when these World Cup qualifiers will finish and we'll prepare for Euro, I think we'll be very competitive and very hard to beat. So this is where the nation Yeah. Is <laughs>
2: well,
3: you know,
4: you're literally building. You're literally thinking long term. And that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah well, we I'm getting goosebumps. We just launched,
1: uh, we just launched uh, women football um, strategy, which is first time ever. Uh, with help of UEFA and we had amazing uh, mentors from uh, UK and uh, Russia, they helped us a lot and we created an amazing document, uh, it's five-year strategy and it's very long-term and it's step-by-step showing how we'll get there, how we will do this to get there, so I think that if you don't think big and you don't know the steps, there's nothing you can do in life, so this is how we are building this.
0: So, I just want to quickly get your thoughts on the World Cup qualifying groups. Uh, you had mentioned there's Norway, Belgium, Poland, Albania, and Kosovo. A lot of scary teams in there. Uh, and we asked Rita this question already, and she dodged it very slyly. But, uh, where, to, to, in your eyes, or maybe in the federation's eyes, what do you consider to be a successful qualifying campaign this time around? Uh, this time around will be a
1: draw. With one of them, like um, winning against Kosovo will be good. So scoring goals will be good. You know, playing nicely will be good. Not like you know, scared or not to play or whatever. So this is like first tapes, like a baby doing a first tapes, trying to walk. This is what we do now. So. This will be like, if we score one goal, it will be amazing. If we win against, I don't know, Kosovo, Albania, will be good. If we score against Belgium, it will be perfect. So this kind of stuff, it's a small steps that we need to take. We cannot just say, oh, okay, yeah, we'll go and win 10-0 against Norway. No, it will not happen because we know the difference, you know. They play in professional leagues for a long, long time. We are just creating team. We are bringing back the players that, Quit football already. Like Anissa Arkisian, she did not play for two years, but we convinced her to come back. She's amazing. She played in Michigan. Everybody knows her in like in the US how she was great. She was in the pool of US national team. So this this is how we create. We brought back Christina Mangasayan. She played Ike like in three four years ago in Sweden. So we are trying to bring back uh, the players that were great. We give them. Uh, training. We try to put them in the teams. So this is very small steps that we are taking. So we need to be very realistic what we have. And now I think that this is uh, this is very realistic the steps that we'll take now.
2: And b- before you said about uh, um, about COVID happening, like starting the lockdown, starting right before you started uh, recreating, mm-hmm. starting this new uh, campaign. Uh, long term development what's your advice uh, regarding taking a new step and proceeding in football
1: you know it's, uh, my advice is never give up so whatever happens you need to take it how it is be flexible and try to not to panic but try to find the ways how you can get over it how you can beat it so Covid what we did we did not stop during the Covid you know we organized Zoom calls with national team players. Uh, we invited Brandy Cheston to talk with national team players on Zoom. So we did stop. We never stopped. And uh, after two months, when here, the lockdown, you know, I mean, I never had COVID. We are open, no mask and all this stuff. We started <laughs> programs, you know, actually. We started, we played the final of the Premier League, girls women Premier League. So we start to do stuff. We find, found the ways to do it. You know, all Europe when we talked with UEFA their members they said oh it's COVID this lockdown, we don't do anything. But we never stop because we don't have this time to stop. You know, this is the momentum is now and we need to be there. Because there are opportunities. Um, there is help from FIFA and UEFA. So there's help from diaspora, you know. Uh, we need to take it and uh, never be you know say that oh i'm tired i cannot do this no uh, there is no no because you can do everything there is nothing that you cannot do and we need to go through this you know we need to build this now because this is the time you know europe is developing the women's football and we are there so we need to be one of them not the last ones, you know, we need to be right like, in the middle and to go towards the first places. And when you know this um, very interesting story, how the strategy happened because uh, Wefra, um, uh, did a call for the uh, you know, writing the threat, helping with the writing of strategies, and we applied. And um, it was you know, it was only five national associations that will be selected to to write the strategy and um there was 20 national associations from 55 who applied and we were in the five who won it so after that we understood that we are not you know the the last place no we just need to apply we just need to communicate we just need to go forward and we are by the way one of the first national association who made the licensing for men's premier league teams to have women team None of them had this, like, in the licensing. If they don't have the women's team, they will not get licensed to play in men's Premier League. So we are the first one. That's interesting. To, yeah, we are the first one who did it, and now everybody is starting to implement this. And UEFA will take it next year. Awesome.
4: Setting an example. Yeah,
1: so this is how we understood that we need to be there, we need to catch the momentum and never give up, never said we are tired. No, this is not our thing. So we just go forward. Uh,
2: speaking about the, the women's national team, um, why was Armin uh, Salamyan appointed as the uh, head coach? Like, what were, his, what were the factors that led to his appointment?
1: So uh, when we started, we started with Manu Sarkisan and uh then um, as we started he, he was um, he had a job in Kazakhstan in Kazakhstan men's team Atirao, which was in the first league so they they were aiming to go in the uh, premier league of Kazakhstan and um, so it happened um right before our tournament and he yeah that's, you know, fans, that's a very
4: fans, armenian club yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He signed another contract with them and it was hard for him, you know, to travel all the time back and forth and the club was not very happy with that. So we decided that it, for him for now it's better to be with his team because you know we understand that the salaries are different and the um, approach and you know maybe his future is different so we don't know. And then uh, we uh, asked Armin Sananyang to be. He never he never was in human football. He never even imagined that he can be in human football or even, you know, practice or even, you know, watch human football. But we are now very happy that we uh, he agreed. And uh, now he's going to all our programs. He's watching U10 playing football at his selected talent group. So... I think that uh, we did a very good choice with Armen Sandamian. and he started now to practice with um, national team players who are here, who are um, free or on vacation, or clubs did not start um, you know, practices yet. He's doing this every day, so I think that he's an amazing, uh, you know, addition to our group.
4: Yeah, he got us. He got us a five-game undefeated uh, spree. Yeah, correct. That's not, that's not small. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. I would say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, uh, before we move on, uh, we would also ha- like to highlight a concern raised to us from our Greek friends at Hellas Footy Podcast. What would you say are the biggest challenges that aspiring female footballers face in Armenia? Uh,
1: uh, the stereotypes, you know, the traditions and the people trying to understand why girls should play football but now um last 2 years what we did um they are changing they are changing their minds um they are changing exactly. their perceptions <laughs> they are they are seeing women football uh, you know differently and um it's hard job really? it it will not happen you know quickly because, you know, it's traditional, but we did um, small revolutions in different regions. For example, uh, nobody ever will thought that in Gerard Kunik region, girls will play football, that the parents will let them play football. We have teams from, you know, border uh, villages like Jambarak. They don't have even boys team playing in the league. And now in Gerard Kunik region, we have 16 teams, different age groups. And there's, like, around 160 girls playing football. So this is uh, this is how we change. This is how we give the opportunities to the kids, to the girls, to see that they can do it. They can play football, and they take it, you know. And now we don't have, like, lots of problems with parents. And they don't let them come to practice, come to the games. We have, in our region, there was nothing happening, you know nothing, for many, many years. It's where Aparan is, is, as Aragat's uh, mountain is. Now we have five girls' team. And uh, a couple of days ago we did the festival for 7 to 12 years old, and we have we had 110 girls participating, with the parents. And the parents told me that oh, now we know, it's, it's beautiful, we let our girls to play. So, this is, again, will not happen overnight. You need to work for it, you need to you know, overcome these challenges. You need to face the challenges to understand that this is a problem. We have this kind of stuff, you know, understanding uh, from the parents, from the society, from the media. By the way, it's not like I don't say that media is covering women football like crazy. No, uh, it's it's not true. Mm. But we need this. Uh, we need to uh, we need to uh, you know attract media. We need to attract the sponsors. We need to work on this, but for now, what we do and we will do for uh, next two years, it's um, bringing the girls, every girl who wants to play to to give the opportunity to to play. So this is this is uh, what we are trying to do now. and then I think uh, we'll start to work it's in our strategy on the sponsorship, on the media covering different uh, you know leagues uh, projects, Uh, kids playing. We just did the, you know, uh, FIFA program, U-12, U-12 league. It's called Dream League. We have 63 teams from all 11, 10 regions plus Yerevan. Almost 800 girls only in U-12. And nobody is covering that. So I think that this is big for the countries like us to have, like in one season, uh, this amount of new registered players and uh, this amount of the teams. By the way, we we have, you know, FIFA, UEFA writing about this, our website, um, Federation, is channels, writing, posting all the time, nice stuff, but it's nothing, you know, in, in mass media, you know. Nobody's writing this, but you should. They write only about national team, when they win or lose or something like this, you know, when Nancy comes we are very glad because Nancy is one of our ambassadors. We need her to be highlighted everywhere. We need Nancy, we need morale, we need all our captain to be highlighted everywhere. But we need also media to pay attention on the youth because this is the future. If we don't have the youth teams and we don't have this youngster playing football, we will not have national team. So it's not like they, they born 20 years old. You need to pay attention on the small kids but nobody cares so I think that this is the challenges that we face now and but I think that this is again um it takes time for media to understand it takes time to to see that the value we need to put this value there we need to do more we need to you know be um before like to to highlight this everywhere to be um everywhere in the villages in the uh, cities, so everybody can see it if media is not uh, promoting us, we should promote ourselves so that's that's the challenge.
2: the u fourteen yeah, so. was uh, four hundred right <laughs> the u fourteen I think it's four hundred kids was it
1: u fourteen yeah
2: yeah the the
1: yeah we have u fourteen yeah, in four regions uh, but we every uh, you know season will do two more regions. So uh, the idea will be to have in all the regions U10, U12, U14, and from next year U16, and then Premier League. So this is the pathway that we created for the girls to grow.
3: So talking about media and and massive media. <laughs> The federation has this week announced a new partnership alongside uh, other UEFA federations with sports broadcasting and media company DAZN. This is uh, for
1: yeah, this is for Women's Champions League only. So this is UEFA uh, because they uh, changed the um, uh, Women's Champions League the format, and now they have new partners, new sponsors. So they have. They ZN and YouTube, which will broadcast all the Women's Champions League games. And everybody can watch it for free. This is amazing. Um, again, UEFA also, they cannot jump with the steps. So they do small steps towards the development. And what they are doing, changing the Women's Champions League, this is amazing. And um, by the way, our uh, champion, FC Hayasa, they draw under left Belgium. So wow. <laughs> Yeah, this was a little bit oh, very unfortunate draw for them because they they are preparing really very good. They have foreigners, uh, they have good coach, um, they are doing everything right. But you know, again, uh, this is a new team, not even one year old, and under left, you know, I don't know, twenty years of history <laughs> and uh, playing Champions League all the time. So we just need to be patient in everywhere.
4: Yeah. yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, and we get Belgium in the, in the qualifiers as a national team. So there's a, a good idea of how to play them. But, uh, for, for us, you know, the average diaspora, the listener, anyone, Armenia or not, who just wants to help out and, uh, support the FFA and help develop football as a whole in Armenia. How would you think would be the best way to do it?
1: you know the, the the best way for us now is finding the players in for different age groups who are Armenians um for U17 U19 and the national team uh because we still need the very strong players
4: um,
1: and we know if you know the last name is not Armenian we cannot ever know that they are Armenians for example our U17 goalie her uh, last name is De Croix so if it was, you know, we are lucky that we found out that mother is Armenian. So now she came and she's amazing. I mean, she is, she is uh, 15 years old, but again, Sanamian wants her to be third goalie for our national team because she's really great. So we need uh, from diaspora to 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 be like our ears, our eyes everywhere. It doesn't matter. It's us. It's France, uh, I don't know um, Cyprus. So wherever wherever you are, whenever you uh, hear about girl Armenian playing football, just let us know because it's, um, you know, very important for us to bring all together. And uh, we are trying to do also different projects with Diaspora because, you know, uh, we – it's not like we are asking for, for funds. No, it's not like this, because we have from FIFA and UEFA. But if we want to really do the breakthrough and develop quickly and we see the opportunity, we need to find the ways to, to, to do projects, you know, with the diaspora, with, the with helping of our programs. And national teams, they have everything. But um, uh, we are trying to also to do a different approach. For example, uh, we are thinking maybe mm. we bring uh, in February when we have FIFA window to bring them to LA yeah. to, play, to play against some, you know, CONCACAF teams. And it will be very different because all the aspirants will come and see the girls playing, which is, you know, different uh, understanding because they always go to watch US women's football team, you know. Uh, but now they have their own uh, Armenian national team and we can bring them uh, you know, to them and then can, they can see them playing. I think that's this kind of projects that uh, we will need um, diaspora to help.
4: Definitely. I mean, uh, there's, I think uh, drawing, like building on this answer, there's a couple of important things. First off, I think a national team game in, in Glendale would be full, full stadium, full, full house. That's no question.
0: There's no stadium in Glendale. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, okay.
4: Anywhere anywhere near that. But seriously Bowl, speaking, Rose though.
0: Was. Rose Bowl in Pasadena.
4: Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. knows her stuff. That's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> she knows more than you are. Uh, uh, so yeah, it would give it would give the, the girls a lot of visibility, much-needed visibility. Uh, it will build assets, uh, networking, a lot. It, that's a great call, and we're full behind it, and hopefully it will happen. And second, going back to what you said about, uh, for instance, building on Mara, like using the the example of Mara, not having an actual young at the end of the last name. There's several Armenian national team players, uh, that didn't have or don't have the Yan. For instance, in the men's national team, Balekyan is actually half Armenian, uh, Ararat, uh, Yurchenko, Chaleshe. And that's the importance of what you said, you know, having the diaspora be, uh, you guys, uh, for you guys are the years. The and I love that for you. I love that for us. <laughs> that would yeah, be amazing, yeah,
1: I give and you do a job now, you know wherever you hear or you you search for for example i I found a uh, the girl um Francesca faturas for u seventeen she's uh mm. she's amazing defender and midfielder. I found online in a US um development academy website. I was just going through all the teams like thousands of teams, and whenever I found uh, Jan I was just hey, into a coach. So this is yes. how I found her. She is great. I mean, she's a great uh, player, amazing person, and uh, she's what we need for our national teams. But I'm sure that I, there were many that our mothers are Armenians, and I, I couldn't exactly. imagine that they are. So uh, I think for you, when you hear, when you, you know, see the games or whatever, just uh, let us know.
2: Awesome. Yeah yeah there's a lot on we're that actually that. it's difficult it's kind of difficult to find that yeah it's we we, we we kind of struggle with that too because we also try to find uh, online players to connect with them to try to um as football gentron because we're not just a podcast we're more of uh, uh uniting getting players and also fans to show more interest to show that we exist not just during the wins. We won the game. Let's all celebrate. It's more about the passion. We're wearing that chest o- on our chest. The, um, the lion and the, the eagle for a purpose.
4: Yeah. So it's, it's,
2: it's bigger than that. And also speaking of We're like Armenia. <laughs> yeah, that's the most important thing. Unity. And uh, speaking about, uh, Armenia, um, r- in regards to football, is there any, uh, technological, um, advancements, shall we say advancements uh that are being introduced uh from the FFA to to be used in football. Uh <laughs> like like well, companies or something in Armenia that uh are being used in the FFA uh for for technological advancements in football? Uh, like any kind of analytical uh companies you know, or you are
1: using we are using but that's not based in Armenia we are using um, all the national teams are using um, Istat football which is giving basically the analysis of the individual players the game the videos everything so uh, men's national team has lots of technologies uh, because, because of Javier and Pablo they are amazing great you know professionals and this is, we saw in the games, so this is, I think, uh, it's also, sure, it's Caparrós and our boys that win, but without Javier and Pablo, it, I don't think that it will be possible, because, you know, Javier is an um, amazing fitness coach. He was uh, with Real Madrid for a very long time, and Pablo is an amazing physiotherapist that can, you know, heal I don't I don't know cure anybody with any injury so is great the magic so we are, yeah and uh, we see the you know the results with the, with the men's national team it's amazing what we have so uh, I think that again this is not it will not happen quickly but we're trying to bring in our uh, in football all the new technologies that that, that everybody is using all developed countries is using and uh, so that's why uh, i think that we will be there we are not there yet so we are we don't have all this fancy stuff but with these two guys Pablo and Javier uh, i think that soon we'll have what we need not only you know tactically take the what what is doing but also science will help us to build the teams
0: well, uh, speaking of fancy technologies, uh, the news came out today that the Armenian Premier League is going to be incorporating VAR uh, yeah. starting this season. Uh, so is uh, that... Not is that this all? season. Next not
1: season? This season? Next season, because, you know, it's very uh, long implementation. It will take around eight months because wow. you need to install all these cameras. You need to do the VAR zones in the stadiums. You need to have the rooms. And all this, you know, cables. So it's like a very long, very long um, stuff. But uh, next season, hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. it will be installed, and we will have, we'll
0: have it. Is that going to include uh, for the women's league as well? No, no, not for the women's league. You know, well, women's
1: league, women's league is, <clears throat> is not that good yet because we're just building. We have only two teams for now that competing really. Um, Good, they are playing good football, competing each other for the Champions League. But hopefully in two, three years, we'll have six, seven, uh, we are planning to have eventually in 2025, 10 teams that they will compete and then we will uh, be able to use all the technologies for Women League as well. But for now, it's, uh, it's not that good, the league to, to do so.
0: Okay. Well, uh, this was great. We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to shift um outside of football uh and just to get to know you a little bit more uh so the first question i have for you is this might be a a a difficult one or it could be very easy but what does being armenian mean to you
1: i'm proud Uh, i like it um i don't know i'm i never thought that i can be you know um Any other nationality because um, I'm proud I'm proud that I I'm Armenian I'm proud that we have um, this history you know I don't like to live with the past but I'm proud what we had and I'm proud that I can build on what we have but um, I'm proudly wearing the chest I'm I'm proud of my you know the flag and um, a little bit I will change the anthem but <laughs> but <then>, anywhere, <clears throat> really,
4: I like I like to be I a mean, Yeah, I mean we're we're not perfect, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we are not. I know we are far from perfect, oh.
4: but
1: but I like. Who is be-
4: it? Who, who is? Okay. And you're okay. helping a lot with what you're doing because we on Football Gintron like to focus on nation building and. We strongly and firmly believe that the women's national team and the women's department of the FFA is not just doing a great work practically, but it's also ideally part of what we're looking for.
1: You know, you know the, the, the most important, uh, we are trying to use football as a social tool. To change the exactly. lives of the girls, because you know, in that villages, I don't know if you have been in Armenia and saw the villages, but um, they don't they don't do much. From twelve years old, they work in their farms, they help the parents, and there's no future. The future is like they go to eighteen and they get married. So we are trying to use yeah. people to show them that. Beside their village, there is another village next to them. There is a capital Yerevan. There is opportunity. There is opportunity to play in national team, to go abroad, to travel. Mm -hmm. You know, we are trying to use football uh, for the social component. And I think that this is the most important because, let's say, from 2,000 girls, only 50 will become professionals, if we are lucky. But the rest, we will change their lives they will go to study they'll see other countries they'll see they will have more friends they'll not say oh, okay i'm 18 i need to get married no they 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 need to have lives so i think that it will help uh, our country armenia to change the society to change the mentality so um this is what we do we're just using a football as a tool
4: perfect that's, that's perfect because, yeah, culture is not, uh, you, you, you either have everything or nothing. It can be improved and it should be improved and, and we agree. Uh, but yeah, we would like to know what do you like the most about Armenia.
1: Um, oh, up questions. <laughs> <laughs> i like people i don't know i like people i like uh, i like people i like nature so i like uh, what we have in armenia we have lots of amazing places that nobody knows and nobody goes and i i even never visited but because of pandemic so i know now armenia better than i used to so i like i like everything
2: Uh, I've got a question with the uh with the uh, about your days at Chirac. Uh, you used to work with the FIFA sponsored youth sports academy complex, which is based in Gumri. Uh what's the current state of the complex? Is it still running or is there anything new about it?
1: No, it's it belongs to Chirac and Chirac has um, boys teams, girls teams uh practicing there. It it's uh, Federation has contract with Chirac till uh, 2022,
2: and then uh, and then we'll see. Are are, are uh, is the F, uh, FFA ho- holding some camps or anything of so- of some sort during the summer for uh, kids to join and play football like just the first time uh, uh, with uh, uh, Yeah, are something Jorka- similar. Yeah
1: did. Uh, it's a FIFA Foundation program, and uh, it's a new program. Yeah. And because of Jorkaev, it started first in Armenia, and we are very lucky That's with it.
4: Beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you uh, know, we are not doing camps because, you know, Yerevan Academy is the only one that has uh, hotel rooms, and we have there lots of camps with our lots of, uh, you know, youth um, national teams. And we have now, you know, the, like Arad Armenia having a camp there in, in our academy. So uh, it's very busy. The academy is like crazy busy because we have it's, it's small numbers of rooms and uh, we don't have enough uh, time. But uh, we are not doing camps for the kids like from other places. But in our unit, uh, Umas football unit, we are organizing festivals. We uh, will have soon football caravan going to every single village in every single direction uh, that we have, um, to Mehri, to, you know, Bavra, to Gyumri, and uh, all the way to Bartenis. So we'll do all the directions, we'll go to all the regions, we'll go to small villages. Uh, we're trying to show them what they can do. And we are bringing uh, our ambassadors, which means our national team players with us and the coaches.
2: I think, like I don't mean to uh, overhype or anything like that. I I I'm trying to be as professional as possible. But the way I see it is that there uh, there's a resemblance with the uh, Ajax total football system. The way they started producing players was this way. They they started finding players getting them ready, preparing them, getting them ready in technical aspects, uh, fully focusing on football. There's a a mentality that I see here, and it's very, very exciting to hear.
4: uh,
1: The thing that we, we when we started with goals, we understood that the potential is in the regions because they are really very strong girls. They are really eager to play and eager to win and eager to learn so that's why we continued uh, the same and we are all the time in the regions and uh one of the you know pillars in our strategy is uh, we have talent groups so we will have talent groups in all the regions now we started in four regions like pilot we have uh u12 and u14 every team will have 12 15 girls uh from that um, league that we do So we'll create these talent groups, and they are already started to practice with the program that Sanamian gave to them, coaches that Sanamian trained and in touch with them all the time. And the idea is to have in a couple of years the pool of the players for national teams, for U17 national team. And uh, I think uh, when they come in a couple of years, they'll be totally ready to play for u 17 with the same approach, with the the same philosophy, with the same uh, tactics that they learned. And we will have like 120 kids to choose 24 to play in U17. So this is the idea, and I think that we already started. Uh, You will not see the results soon, but uh, uh, after 2023, it will be visible.
0: Well, Anna, we have gotten to the final portion of our interview. It's the lightning round. You're going to get ten <laughs> questions, and okay. they're going to be they're going to be asked to you quick. Answer them quick. Whatever pops in your head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chodens is going to lead this
2: one. Chodens, take it away. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite player ever. Drogba. <laughs> favorite cookies. Nice. Favorite. Club team,
1: Chelsea.
2: Oh, okay, that's it. that's why I dropped by <laughs>
1: now. now yeah,
4: yeah, now it
2: heads up. Your favorite hobby? What I do now, change
1: ah.
4: <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, best pitch, stadium, or overall game environment, uh, ambi- uh ambience you ever felt and why? Um.
1: I was in Camp Nou in Barcelona when I first entered. I was huge. I was big, and I went with my parents. And my father's dream was to be to to see the game of Barcelona because he's a big fan. So I did this, and when we entered the stadium, I was. It was Barcelona-Valencia game, so it was crazy. It was amazing.
2: Nice one. Uh, <laughs> favorite food?
1: Chicken. Everything with chicken. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your favorite music? Uh, any? It could be any band, singer, uh, genre, anything.
1: I, I like very much. This is a Russian. She's Russian. I with my sister were crazy for her since 2000. It's Yeva Polna. She's amazing. I like just her voice. Her, you know, her how she thinks so.
2: A very tough one. Your favorite place in the world could be a tough one. Yeah.
1: Um, I have many because I traveled a lot. But uh, when I went to Cape Town in 2019 uh in South Africa, so I understood that this is the place that I like the most because it has mountains, it has oceans, it has everything what I like. So.
2: Well, beautiful. Uh If you got to meet anyone in world history, dead or alive, football related or not, who would it be and why?
1: Um, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> you, oh, I, I, okay. I almost, I almost, <laughs> I almost, wow, this. I almost did that, but I was two persons short and I stayed behind the scenes. So, um, in the show, uh, I, I went in Burbank. So. Uh, I like her. I like how she's helping people. I like how kind she is, and um, yeah to, really, this is my dream: like to spend one day with Alinda Generous. And,
4: and well, she likes Arias too. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, your biggest accomplishment professionally and or personally?
1: Uh, professionally, I think. Um, I wanted as many girls to play again related to the girls playing football as many girls playing football um, as i can it's it's not there yet, but I think in two years to have two thousand girls in Armenia playing football it's it's accomplishment and it's still growing and personally, so this is uh, it was my dream when I first time entered to WEFA building in Yon, two thousand twelve. Just to be somehow related to UEFA and now I am uh, appointed as a venue director. So I'll be basically like UEFA employee for the games. So this was for now, it's my biggest accomplishment.
2: Wow, that's amazing. And it's still going. That's the, yeah. that's the amazing part. And uh, last question. In your experience, what would you say as advice to young Armenian women everywhere?
1: Um, I want Armenian women, girls to dream big um, because and to be sure that they will achieve their dreams and uh, never give up. Be strong. Never listen to anybody who says you can't do this because you are a woman, you are a girl. This is not true. This is opposite Then you can do it because you are a girl and you will do it better than anybody else.
2: Wow, All right, well. thank you. That, that was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yes, yes. That was amazing. Thank well, you. Thank you, Anna,
0: for doing this interview. Uh, I know it's Saturday. Uh, kickoff for England and Ukraine is in yep. <laughs> one minute. So <laughs> I'm sure you have your TV on right now. Uh, oh, qu- quick last question. Uh, who's going to win the Euros? I think Italy. You
1: think Italy?
0: I've I never think so. seen uh, the team like,
1: uh, like, like this. It's like they are not Italians, but they are the <team>
2: they're not Amazing. playing defensive you know
0: well hopefully uh we could watch the men's and women's national team in a major tournament very very soon
2: yeah, hopefully. Qatar! Uh,
0: well uh, no one's gonna jinx it no one's gonna talk about it <laughs> so, all right well anna thank you so much for coming on um is there anything else that you'd like to add any sort of campaign events social media anything you want to go ahead and promote while you're here
1: just follow FFA pages, channels, because we, we are trying to put a nice stuff there for women's football as well. And I just want to thank you for this opportunity to talk with Diaspora. Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, thank Thanks. you. you. Uh, look, we're just we we're putting positive energy out there, and we're getting positive energy back, and we're loving it. Uh, and we're running away with it. Well, thank you again, Anna, for coming on. Uh. Yeah. Don't forget to follow all the FFA pages. Uh, f- subscribe to the YouTube channel because they literally live stream every single game on there, which is insane. And I wish every league did that. Uh, so do that, please. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our social medias if you haven't already. And uh, this is going to be it for today. On behalf of all the boys and Anna, goodbye.